Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a 10 Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show Coming to you not quite live from Hewlett New York. I am your host. My name is Tommy Casabona. This is the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast Show. In case there was any confusion, we are back in the mix a little bit, doing more frequent shows uh, as cruising restarts. And uh, did I just make a? Did I? What kind of accent did I put on the, the restart? It's a restart, right? A, can we agree? It's a restart. It's not a restart. What are you going to do? All right. So I wanted to talk about a few things. First, I want to start. So basically, first and foremost, if you are new to the show, if you just found the show, we go off the cuff a little bit. We do talk about, let's just call it what it is, 85% cruising. But we will, you know, talk about different things that are going on in the world or here and there. We'll just do some kind of, I guess, uh, non-cruise relief every once in a while. Why do we do that? I don't know. People seem to like it. Some people don't. But... What I am told, and I've said this before, is that this seems to be an acquired taste. If it doesn't seem like your cup of tea on day one, maybe give it a little bit of a try. And I think you might be singing a different tune three or four shows in. Trust me, we hear it a lot. If you want to email me, and I know you do because you got a lot... You can't be sick of emailing me. Also, I'll put it like that because there's a lot. Of, I'm hoping there's a lot of pent up desire for emails because I haven't gotten them in a while, and I do understand that the engagement. We talk about the engagement. It goes down when you're not able to cruise for two years. But here we go. We're coming back, and you know the shows haven't been as what would you say as regular. I probably you know this this sweet familiar voice that you're hearing right now. It probably isn't as familiar as it once was when those five and six emails were coming in every single week. So what I'm going to hope to do is like all the cruise lines were able to get together, the government agencies were able to get together, all the powers that be all came together and started this restart of cruising. I'm hoping we can do the same thing with the same energy, with the same power and the same fortitude and the same sense of community. Can we do that with the emails as well? It's very simple. You take your uh, cute little fingers there. You go to your keyboard. You type in Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Now, I know there's got to be a lot on your mind. What we got to do is use it for show fodder. I got to get these emails back into the swing of things. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, and we will read your email on the show. We'll use your name if you want me to. If you don't want me to, just make a little note there. But that's that. Also, find me on Always Be Booked. Um, we have a Facebook group, Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. And uh, there we kind of, like I said, maybe drum up our little bit of sense of community, whatever we have left of it. You know, it seems like it's kind of crawling back a little bit. Uh, big shout out to Carol on a nice cruise. Um, 
Uh, you got a lot of people. You got people doing back-to-back cruises. You got people uh, talking about excursions. You got people asking questions about bookings. But I want to get more. I want to get back into it. We're going to do some live streams uh, as well. There is a Patreon. They're starting to come back as well. Patreon episodes. For $5 a month, you get more episodes. Okay, How many more? We're still working that out. But you get more episodes. It is a great way to contribute to this show. Uh, Patreon.com slash always be booked. We have the YouTube channel as always. And I, I want to remind you about our group cruise. I am not going to get in the habit of uh, giving you the opportunity to click off the show every week because you're sick of hearing about this group cruise that's coming up. But we'll do some little pop-ins every once in a while. But just a reminder, if you want to sail with, I'm going to guess what will end up being between 20 or 30 of our favorite cones, you could do so, again, by emailing Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. It is an eight-day sailing on October 15th of 2022. On Allure of the Seas out of Miami, and we're going to San Juan. Wait, what is it? It's Aruba, it's Curacao, and it is Labadee as of now. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Labadee. I'm hoping maybe maybe we'll get a Coco K switch up out of that. Even better, maybe a Jamaica switch up out of that. I think it's a little bit of a wishful thinking for that to happen, but... It is what it is. So let's start off with with just, guys, the other day. So this Travis Scott concert thing, what an awful, awful, terrible story, right? Of course. Now, you get all these. Listen, here's the thing. There's a lot of accusations out there, demonic in nature. They're trying to talk about this being a sacrifice. I don't know that it's not. But what I what I what I've seen of the guy, what I've looked into from his special, it seems like he's a little bit of a loose cannon, a little crazy, while while probably at least the very least partially responsible for what the hell happened at this awful, awful event where eight people were trampled just trying to go to a concert. Well, let's not call it that. These people who do go to Travis Scott concerts, while they don't, uh, they have the right to feel like they're not to be trampled, you have to understand that you have 50,000 people in an outdoor general admission venue with a guy who is literally jumping into the stage, uh, just uh, an introvert, intra, intra, what? What's the word? Intermittently throughout the show. His friends are jumping on uh, out, out into the crowd. He's inviting the crowd to come onto the stage and jump out into the crowd. And during cer- certain sections of the performances, he wants you to really, as the kids say, turn up. As the kids say, get lit. I mean, go out of control. I mean, if you're working security, if you're an officer on detail at a Travis Scott concert, you got your work cut out for you. You're going to earn your money. It's going to be a long day at the office. Let's call it that. And at this particular show, Astroworld in his hometown of Houston, there was eight fatalities, 11 heart attacks, an awful, awful, tragic scene. But what they're going, and now you go to the conspiracy. Now, I don't know that he's not a devil worshiper, uh, but there are a lot of red flags to be raised as to why is this a demonic thing. It goes all the way to the point where this guy's uh, Satan's mouthpiece and um, eh, this was an actually a sacrifice. Now, let's not get into that. I don't want to take anything away from the, the lives that are lost. And, you know, that's what's, you know, the families uh, and friends of them, uh, our, our, our kind thoughts go out to them. So let's leave it at that. But 
I was diving into that a little bit yesterday. And this is, guys, this is what happened, okay? I was looking up satanic connections just because I go in on stuff. This is before work. I got an hour before I got to go going to work. And I'm looking up this stuff and trying to see if there's any juice to it. Is there any teeth to these stories? Is this guy into Satan? So I'm just doing some looking up. Uh, and then my lights start to flicker <laughs> in my apartment. Now I'm laughing now. Uh, and I wasn't laughing then because as I'm starting to look up this stuff, this d- demonic connection between Travis Scott and Satan, if there is any of it or what the, I go into these things as a curious person, not really thinking I'm going to walk away thinking, yes, he's a devil worshiper, but no, what are people talking about? You hear the, the chatter. So you just dive in a little bit to see what's going on. And I did do exactly that. When I did do that, I'm on the computer looking and the sky outside turns black and the light and the wind picks up and the lights start to flicker. So I'm like a little bit shit in my pants right now. Like, and I'm not a big guy who's into this stuff. I'm not like, you know, but this is weird. So the lights keep flickering and all of a sudden this wind picks up to where like, what the hell is going on? And then rain and hail starts splattering down. Like, I mean, just like biblical level of rain and hail and then wind. And guys, this is a true story. The power shuts down completely. I have no more power in my apartment. And I go all the way. I go to the bathroom on purpose because I know that's the smallest window. I know it's probably a bad idea to just whip open a, you know, and I also have blinds in front of my regular window. So I go right into the bathroom and I crack open the window. And guys, I've been through hurricanes in Florida. I've been through bad weather. I just, in the two seconds I opened up that window, I saw something I never saw before. I just saw trees snapping in half. I saw the ones that weren't getting snapped in half just thrown around like rag dolls. And I, in that moment, thought this is a supernatural, spectacular, Not maybe not supernatural, okay? Maybe it's still nature. Maybe it's, I don't know, war. With it. I don't know what what this is. I don't know what it was, but never in my in my forty plus years of life have I been sitting around and trees and wind start snapping around me and lights go out and the power is I I mean just an a, a, a end of days like storm and it just happened to be while I was looking up Travis Scott stuff. Now that of course I'm still going with coincidence on that. But then I'm waiting, I'm watching, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, at this point, there's no power. So I'm trying to get on my cell phone and get a live feed to any live radio station who's calling off any emergency or something like that. But I'm not getting anything. So I, what I do? I just call, called my dad. I called my dad. My dad answered the phone like it was nothing. He's like, hey, what's going on? And my dad's only two towns away. And I'm like, are you seeing this weather? And he's like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, I see a little storm. Looks like it's going to come in. What's the matter? Anyway, I'm on the phone with him for about another two or three minutes. As it starts to clear up a little bit near me, it starts to unload on him. He's like, holy crap, I see what you're saying. Neither here nor there. 
another 10, 15 minutes on the phone with him. I have to go to work with no power. Lucky I had already showered, but I had to bring my gel and my brush with me because, you know, I can't have my very, very manageable flowing locks of hair uh, not be given the right sense of care before I, you know, go to work. So I had to do my hair at work. Uh <laughs> That's a joke. If you've seen my hair, there's not really much to do with it. Uh, anyway, so it's just crazy that this happened. And then my dad started experiencing it. He's like, whoa. And uh, by the time like the sun started to come back out, I had gotten into my car to go to work. And yes, there were trees everywhere. There were ambulances everywhere. There were traffic lights that were out with uh, just, you know, the citizens, the townspeople trying to navigate their way through intersections and man, it was crazy. And I'm driving back and forth last night. My job, I go from restaurant to restaurant, you know, in my, uh, in my travels. And I'm just, I'm having to dodge trees in the road because it's dark out and you're on like back roads and you don't always see them. So you're like, this was incredible, guys. And then I just looked on, on the news and you did. Yeah. So, so basically they said my town, Hewlett, a hurricane, a, a tornado, a, what was believed to be a tornado swept through Hewlett and right up through uh, Levittown, another town in Long Island. Levittown, actually, the town I did a couple of Patreon episodes about. Very, very interesting town, historic Long Island town. If you're ever interested in uh, something that shaped suburban America, look up Levittown, Long Island. Uh, anyway, that's that. That's the non-cruise banter. Let me take a sip here. All right, let's talk some crew stuff before we bring in our guests. Guys, it's crazy how we like cruises, right? We like the ports of call. We like the ships themselves. We love the beaches, the excursions, all the accoutrements that come with all this cruising. Something's wrong with us. You know, you're listening, to, uh, you're listening right now to a cruise podcast. It means there's something wrong with you. <laughs> And I'm with you. There's something wrong with me. Ever since I got off my second or third cruise, I was so obsessed. I'm like, where can I get more? Where can I immerse myself? Typed in cruise podcast or cruising in my podcast search. Doug Parker came up with Cruise Radio. And I've been hooked ever since, obviously. But, you know, it's just crazy how, like, you know, you think of people who go to on vacations. You know what I mean? Oh, I, go, I go to, I go to um, you know, beaches. Uh, or or wherever secrets resort every, every twice a year you know to think that these people are that invested in the vacation style that they go into deep to to know what their front office is doing is pretty unthinkable but here we are as cruisers we do we know who richard fain is richard fain is the basically one of the owners and the ceo of royal caribbean corporation and he is stepping down as of January of 2022, he is out of here. Uh, this guy really did an amazing job. And I was laughing at it. I was kind of making a mockery of it, as we should. You know what I mean? He's just this kind of like, I don't want to call him corny, but like he's just, you know, you, you look at a guy like Arnold Donald with Carnival. That's a CEO, well-dressed, smooth-spoken, saying the right things. Everything's a perfect soundbite. This guy, Richard Fain, comes on with his messed up hair, and he's, I mean, just loaded. Obviously, don't sleep on the guy. He's no jerk-off. He's, I mean, this guy's got money. But 
he starts putting out these addresses and these addresses they kind of offered a dose of humor a dose of maybe what would you call it humanity to the whole pandemic where everybody was speaking in like you know uh, proper sentences and well-crafted statements he just got out there and yes of course he wrote his stuff probably he had to have written it down and i'm sure he was reading off of cue cards but whatever was put onto those cue cards seemed like it really was him and it really was from the heart and uh you know it was funny because he used to try to keep up with all the modern times and all the uh he used to try to interject a lot of the modern day vernacular and the little hip catchphrases um that just wouldn't make sense with a guy who looked the way he looked kind of doing i do it i just do it do it kind of like to try to be funny and i think he did too it was endearing it was kind of self-deprecating when he did it uh even when they didn't land and it was like oh richard what are you trying to pull off here it was just still funny and you knew you were getting the actual guy and he would also uh reference his wife's coaching you know what i mean she'd be like his mom my wife tells me i should stop doing this or stop saying that and it was almost like you know what was it richard nixon not that you know you want to <laughs> not that you want to reference big uh rich nixon or whatever but you know he or or reagan who who was it they did the fireside chats these were almost like fireside chats for cruisers uh not to get political at all whatsoever um it's weird right now because we're like talking about him like he's like he's not with us anymore he's far from dead uh, but this is a historic time um, because of his service. He's going to remain as chairman of the board. So he's going to be on the scene. You are going to hear from him at certain points. But as far as the day to day, he's going to step away a little bit. And rightfully so good for him. He served this cruise line for 33 years. The guy's 72. And you know what? These things are always a little bit bittersweet. It's like it clearly is an end of an era. But you can't blame a guy after 33 years uh, and 72 years of age to want to move on. You know, you talk about Royal Caribbean, Caribbean, you talk about Carnival. Carnival was always a step ahead of Royal Caribbean overall in terms of if you want to talk about sheer size of the corporation. But under Richard Fain's watch, uh, you'd have to call it the not-so-little brother, actually really thrived. As of now, I can't even tell you who the largest cruise line is. You know what I mean? You're talking about you're distinguishing between the cruise lines and the cruise corporations, which is the umbrella for which the other cruise lines that they own. Um, and Royal Caribbean sits on one. Carnival sits on another. Those are two, two clear-cut winners in forest size. And I think Royal Caribbean is a shade behind Carnival still when it comes to the overall corporation. But if you're talking about the actual cruise line, if I'm not mistaken, Royal Caribbean has caught up and it's at least at the very least it's arguable and you could because you could depend on what type of parameters you want to apply to who is the biggest cruise line is it is it births is it a total capacity is it double occupancy capacity capacity is it ships is it a lot of things you know what i mean so uh they're, they're in the conversation for best biggest cruise line in the world right now uh and that's pretty much is what it is but Richard Fain, under his watch, there was just so much progress made by Royal Caribbean. And when you want to talk about pushing the limit, you want to talk about the perfect word, their perfect branding word. And I just love it. I love when things fit into a box. And shout out, you know, shout out to um, Juan from Sacramento. He's a self-described man who 
needs to put things in boxes and describe things and analyze whatever it is. He when he broke down what type of ports they were, you can categorize what ports are on what level of a port b port c port you know like the cities in certain cases and you could say the same thing for the cruise lines whereas like you know they each have their three letter word for what they offer in just three letters basically carnival is the fun uh, norwegian is the free okay free like short for freestyle wait a minute hold on that's four letters Okay, see Norwegian, you always got to be trying to jump out of the box at things. But then moving over to Royal Caribbean, you have the wow. And they've always brought the wow. And I mean, there's no way better to, to describe the company. The things that they tried to do. Now, for the amount of stuff that they tried, not all of it hit. You know what I mean? The dynamic dining thing, obviously went overboard as it should and uh who knows you know but when you talk about who who's putting together dive theaters let's just go through the highlights under richard fain they put dive theaters on oasis class ships and let's just talk about oasis class ships these are not ships anymore these are floating counties not cities counties just out of control giant pieces of structural wonderment and then you have uh, I flies. Who's putting skydiving on cruise ships? How about on the quantum class ships with the, uh, the, the 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 North Star? Okay, it's not good enough that you can go up sixteen decks and look over onto the ocean. You know what? We're going to build a structure that's going to have a pod in it that's going to be able to use an arm to raise you another three hundred feet over the ship and onto each side of the ship, over each over the side of each ship. I mean, what else? What else is there? The robot bartenders, the flow riders, everything. You know, they, they, if you're talking about real technology and real advancement on cruise ships, under Richard Fain, that's got to be his main legacy. I mean, just the hardware that came out under this man is absolutely incredible. And he, uh, you know, you have to, you have to really give it to him for that. Another part of his legacy is going to be, like I said, that work he did and that constant communication, the face of cruise ships, the face of cruising under the pandemic. I think we all have to agree that has to go to Richard Fien. I mean, he started way back when the sovereign class was brand new. And then he went up through the ranks of the independence class. I remember seeing videos on the Travel Channel with Samantha Brown. Just she's taking trips on the independence class. And at that point, it was like, holy crap, what are we building here? Look at these things. This ship is out of control. And uh, as we all know, you know, they would just continue to outdo each, outdo themselves every single year and eventually shaking up the whole world with the Oasis uh, class of cruise ships. Uh, by the way, he was also the big boss and uh, the, the the man in charge over at sister brand Celebrity, too. Uh, I've talked about it before, but to me, him and all these CEOs of the, of the major cruise lines, if they make it out, they put together an amazing, amazing strategy to get through this pandemic. And I think, you know, I worry sometimes, did they make it out? You know what I mean? I think they've done all they could if you listened to cruise radio through the whole thing or read those articles you saw they were borrowing money they were moving money they were selling shares they were buying shares they were wrecking ships and and and, and uh you know decommissioning ships when they saw it appropriate they were 
tightening and strengthening and consolidating and just consistently making moves. I mean, they were selling shares of their cruise lines to, you know, Arabic governments, you know, just to just to be able to, quote unquote, stay afloat. And I, you know, to everybody right now, see, I don't think this story is over as to whether or not we're out. I, I love the fact that we're back at sea. I love the fact that we're cruising again and we're back out there. But as far as the business angle of it, I just don't get it when I see people writing things like, oh, my gosh, there's, you know, 800 people on this cruise ship. There should be 3,000. This is a dream. No, it's not a dream. It's a nightmare. There's only 800 people. You know what it costs to send that cruise ship out on a seven-day sailing? Uh, if you really like cruising, you're going to want more people on your ship fast because cruising as you know it is not going to be around. And we're in that spot where you know, most of these ships are forced to be at half capacity. But maybe that's because, well, not that's because, but maybe that's a good thing because if all these ships wanted to fully restart from start to finish full fleets full capacity i don't think they're filling them right i don't think they've so i think right now they're in a stage where they know they're continuing to lose money they're still gauging demand as far as the return goes and i think if they were able they couldn't fill all their ships right now i think there's part of the reason why why they're at half capacity still is because that demand is not back at 100%. We still have a lot of work to do to get people to trust going on cruises again. I perfectly know several people that couldn't wait to get on cruise ships but are hesitant to go on cruise ships right now just because, you know, of the horror stories that you heard. There's also a bunch of other people who we're not going to get into this but are not vaccinated. And they would go on a cruise, but they don't want to be vaccinated right now. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of reasons why we don't know how this story ends. The cruise lines make mistake, make no mistake. They're still losing money. If you were on the Oasis of the Seas anytime recently, you see what their entertainment budget is. You see what they're spending on people, on, on HR, on that ship. And you know they're not making money yet. But we are absolutely hoping... That that sorts itself out as quickly as possible. But, uh, I mean, it's just amazing. It's just amazing what this guy has done over his 30-plus years career. And uh, I give him credit culminating in what may be his best. And of all the great things he's done, his best accomplishment might be navigating his way through the pandemic. And anyone want to take a guess at the estimated net worth of a gentleman such as Richard Fain? I can give you one. I'll give you a little bit of time to think. Of course, it's estimated. We don't know exactly. I don't have people, you know what I mean, going through his uh, portfolio and checking his numbers. But in my research, through several means of, uh, I guess, uh, Googling, Google searching through those sites, the consensus on what his net worth seems to be right in that $209 million range. His equity in the company itself, Royal Caribbean Corporation International, whatever you want to call it, is just shy of $71 million. So that's how much uh, he owns of the corporation. In the past, he has sold 
$124 million in Royal Caribbean stock, and he earns over $14 million a year as CEO and chairman of the board. Uh, I don't know. You ever wonder why <laughs> all that money, how is he just retiring now? How? What makes these people get up and go to work every day, and this guy having to deal with all the bullshit he's had to deal with while still having $200 million sitting in the bank with you know, 14 a year coming in. He's got four children, seven grandchildren. Um, he does seem like a good, genuine guy. And all I can say to Richard Fain is, boat drinks, Mr. Fain. Enjoy your retirement. I don't know what you got planned. Wouldn't it be funny if he booked a four-day promenade view on the Navigator? Who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe him and Super Mario are going to tip a couple of back uh, on the next cruise coming up. Anyway... That's it for Mr. Fane. But like I said, boat drinks, Mr. Fane. Enjoy your retirement. So as I said a couple of moments ago, I still do have concerns about the industry. Now, don't get don't get it twisted. Long term, I think it's going to be just fine. But I do still think that there are going to be some unexpected decisions that are going to have to be made, some continued maneuverability that we may not expect uh, that's going to have to happen so that these industries can start getting back in. I'm sorry, this cruise lines, the industry itself can start getting back into the black. And I think it's going to it's going to have to happen. Uh I will have to say the cruise lines are still fighting for their lives, but one bright spot is on-board spending. It seems like pent-up demand, adjusted creativity and strategy, and that's right, expendable cash or the stimmy, as the kids like to call it. There's just a few reasons why cruise lines think that their spike in spending is going on while, I guess, while people are on the ship. Uh, Smooth-talking and flashy-dressing Carnival CEO Arnold Donald... And like I said, never trust the guy with two first names. But Mr. Donald says, our onboard revenues for guests are off the charts. Even the aforementioned Richard Fain used the words unparalleled when describing onboard spending for the third quarter. If we are going to throw away 2020, like we obviously should, uh, daily spending is up 12% per day over the year from nine, uh, from 2019. Frank Del Rio of Norwegian took a break from cursing out the federal government to tell everyone that the onboard revenue is 20% higher than they had even expected it to be, I guess, like I said, going from 2019 to 2021. Uh, the bundling really seems to be working putting Wi-Fi into packages with dining and other pay-to-play perks uh, seem to be a tease that is just too much for the people of the sea to resist. You wonder also, they probably consider shore excursions part of that. And the fact that in many cases, it's mandated that if you want to get off the ship, a lot of times still, and not, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, you have to do a cruise line offered excursion. That probably doesn't hurt the bottom line when you're talking about onboard spending. So yes, maybe it's legitimate. Maybe it's pent up demand. It's strategy, but also a little bit of the hand, the proverbial hand has been forced. Um, I want to give a big shout out to the Carnival Pride. And more importantly, a big shout out to Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida is one of the unsung heroes when we're talking about ports of Florida. In my experience, I know everybody talks about Miami and everybody talks about Fort Lauderdale, right? Port Miami and Port Everglades, respectively. 
Then you take a step back from that. We're going up to the land of Disney, Port of Orlando, which is really nowhere near Orlando, but we call it that anyway for marketing purposes, sort of like we call the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, But either way, it still is a very, very popular cruise port. And then what do you have after that? You have Jacksonville, which, you know, Jacksonville, shout out to the uh, Trip Insurance Studios. But you also have Tampa. Uh, Tampa, to me, is a great port. It's it's a it's a great port, and I'm very 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 happy to announce that cruising is back from Tampa with the Carnival Pride doing departures as of yesterday, and will soon be joined by Carnival Paradise in March of 2022. Uh, Carnival hosted a back to fun event that would commemorate this uh, return to cruising for Tampa, uh, and there were all sorts of dignitaries on hand to commemorate the event. We do have a statement from a gentleman by the name of Raul Alfonso, who is the executive vice president and chief commercial officer for the Port of Tampa Bay. Now, he says, we are so pleased to have Carnival Cruise Lines returning to Port Tampa Bay today. The return of cruising has a far-reaching impact on our region, with many local businesses standing to benefit. It's estimated that a ship like Carnival Pride generates an average of $334,000 in passenger and crew onshore spending per call. I mean, that's a nice shot in the arm to the economy, and that is phenomenal. It's crazy uh, that the first ship out of Tampa for Carnival didn't sail till 1994. In that year, the total passenger count for the year, 1994, was 28,000. And that is amazing when you think that that would be basically the equivalent. 28,000 people total for the year in their first year. That would be like the Oasis-class ships basically uh, doing one sail per quarter out of Tampa, you'd have the same amount of passenger count, but it's amazing. You should never sleep on Tampa. I've only done one from Tampa. I actually thought it was a pretty pleasurable drive from South Florida, West Palm Beach, over to Tampa. I mean, it's crazy because you don't have a lot of main roads. Like if you're going up to Jacksonville, you're going up to Daytona, you're even going up to Orlando. The, you know, you got highways and stuff like that. You really start to see, you really get a chance to see, shout out to Debbie Parker, as she calls it, a real taste of old Florida. When you're driving horizontally uh, across the state and north when you're going from West Palm to Tampa. And once you get to Tampa, yeah, you're back in the city. You're back in, you know, a major metropolis and, you know, Ybor City and everything. And it's just a lot of... um a lot to do in Tampa. You have the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino there. You have, and, and when you get to the cruise port, you're basically parking and go. It might be one of the easiest cruise ports to navigate you with, navigate your way through from a terminal standpoint. You park, you walk across the street. The people are so friendly. Uh, you know, you, you also have the aquarium that's right there. There's so much to do in Tampa, and it's just such a very, very pleasurable experience getting on the carnival paradise which is what i got on and uh you know in this case it's the um it's the 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 uh, carnival pride and it's a great time it's a great time you know one thing about cruising that i started it's amazing you can be 25 30 cruises in and you could still be learning things and one thing i learned is that if you want to have a certain type of cruise uh, it's it, the departure port counts. There's certain departure ports that will lend itself to having a funner crowd. 
And Tampa, I'm going to tell you, they have a fun crowd. When you get on a ship out of Tampa, you're cruising with a bunch of fun people. Shout out to Hillary. Remember Hillary? You don't remember? I remember Hillary. I don't know. Anyway, all right, that's about it for a couple of quick news stories that I wanted to get into. And I want to thank you for listening to those. But right now, I want to get into a little bit of a discussion with Scott and Kara. Now, you may remember I went on the Oasis of the Seas a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, I couldn't get a time where Kara, Scott, and I could cruise on the same week. So we ended up being a week apart. And, uh, you know, for purposes of just what they saw and comparing and contrasting what I saw, we thought maybe it might be a worthwhile discussion to have them on and go over some of the uh, pros, cons, and everything in between regarding the Oasis of the Seas cruise that we took out of Cape Liberty, New Jersey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Always be both cruise podcast. We have two very special guests on the line. Uh, the lovely Scott and Kara, and I do mean lovely to both of you. Usually, you know, you apply that to the, the the fairer sex, but you guys are a lovely couple, and you guys are veterans of the Pirates and Pier Runners, and it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show this evening. Welcome. We are happy to be here. What's up, Cones? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, feel free to be as loud as you guys want, yell things, be... Uh, you know, just be pretend like this is the in, this is the cruise version of an interview. So I do have to apologize uh, for last week. I my, I had a uh, meeting that ran over um, last time we were supposed to get together, and then uh, I ended up waking up in a White Castle parking lot at three thirty in the morning. Oh yeah, um, wait at three three thirty in the morning. Yeah, no, that night. I thought you were on a date. You know what it is? I'll, I'll disclose. This is what happened. So. I, I was on a date, but normally you order a, I get like a, a, a what do you get? A, a bullet on the rocks. If you get the regular rocks, it's fine. And you just, you know, waters down and you nurse it over the course of 45 minutes or an hour. And then you get your next one. We have this, you know, at Ainsworth, we have these big giant ice cubes that don't melt. So what you're basically doing is not nursing it as much and you're drinking it faster and you're not getting as much of the dilution that you'd normally get. So that was a little bit deceptive. Next thing you know, after the appetizers, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like two or three of her across from me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. F- fast. I mean, speaking of Ainsworth, you know, for this cruise, um, that we were on the Oasis, um, Kara and I were going to try and meet up with you that night before, and then we got up to Newark, and we realized that that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You're talking about, you know, you're crossing state lines, you're crossing two rivers, three or four counties. I knew it was going to be tough to uh, make that happen. The only shot would have been, like, on the day of. But like you said, they were, getting, they were racing you guys off the ship pretty quick, right? Uh, yeah, we were, we were off. Um, and actually, we did not take the Amtrak back. We yeah. were off. The airport to pick up it to pick up a rental car by seven thirty, and we got to talk about that. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna differ. We get along so well, and we agree on so many things when it comes to cruising. You got to tell me your gripe with Amtrak. Uh, so uh, which one of, of us do you want to hear that from? Let, uh, let me start because I'm not as upset about it as Kara is. Uh, <laughs> the the problem was. When you take the Pennsylvanian from 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 anywhere west of Philadelphia, 
when you get into Philadelphia, you got a 45-minute stop for them to sit there and switch what kind of engine is pulling the train. Yes, electric. To get, they go from gasoline to electric. Correct. And so, therefore, from where we live, it makes it take a lot longer. Plus, the train was an hour delayed getting we – were, we left out of Harrisburg. So we had an hour delay coming out of Harrisburg, 45 minutes in Philly. It just made it take twice as long as if we would have just drove. Uh, so, And I don't know when the last time you were on the Pennsylvanian was, but they used their oldest liner cars for that. Okay. All right. So I could tell you this. like That, for me, is almost the selling point. You get like a 45-minute break. See, I usually do the cross countries and the up and down the coast one. So that gives me uh, – usually they do that at Washington, D.C. for me and uh, or Philadelphia. In both cases, either way, you get the opportunity to go in, stretch your legs out, go to the convenience store, maybe a Subway sandwich or maybe whatever else you want to refuel on. I, I absolutely like it. So I get it. So basically, you're dealing with old equipment and you're dealing with long delays. And uh, is is that the same thing, Kara, or do you have something else? Um, so we paid for business class or whatever you want to call it, um, which was basically like I've never been on a New York like subway station, but that's what it was like, in my opinion. And also, um, the bathrooms were horrible. And the fact that it took us what would have been, so if we would have driven straight, it would have been under three hours. And it took us like five hours on right. the train thought would be more convenient. And I'm just not a patient person. And I'm also not a person who's okay with plans deviating. So we were supposed to like be at our destination at 405, ended up getting to our destination at like seven o'clock. And to me, I had already planned out what we were going to do that night and how we were going to spend each and every hour. And then for that to be, um, you know, completely thrown to the wayside. And we actually ordered DoorDash four times. Uh, to our hotel. To our hotel. <laughs> so, so that was a plus. <laughs> so the other thing, Tommy, I don't know. Have you ever gotten on or off a train in Newark? Yes. Oh, oh my God. That station. Whew. That was... That you, is crazy. You don't want to spend, you know, the two things in the metropolitan area. You want to stay off the Belt Parkway, and you don't want to spend too much time in Newark. Those are the two things you don't want to. You don't want to do that. I get. I give you that. But I, I also got to tell you, you guys. I wish I would have told you because you know, it's just like it's either for me. It's either it's either inside stateroom or balcony. It's either coach on Amtrak or sleeper. The the um the 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 business class option is the cruise equivalent to the. Ocean View porthole window. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I want to get into this Oasis of the Seas cruise with you and kind of compare and contrast some notes. But first, I want to just establish and quantify you guys as a couple, as a cruising couple. And am I right to say you prefer to stay more on the Royal Caribbean celebrity side of things? Yes. Um, the only time we we've branched out from that only twice. Um, our first cruise was on a Viking ocean cruise in the Mediterranean. Jeez. <laughs> our and then pre-pandemic, um, the cruise we did two cruises before the Pirates and Pier Runners one was a Norwegian cruise line, Pride of America Hawaii cruise. 
which is a ship that is staffed by Americans and was our worst cruise experience ever. Oof. Okay. Yeah, I would feel like if you were going to get on that ship, with the whole Norwegian thing, the whole staffing with American thing, Americans thing, and you know, pride of America being a ship. That is not a ship. I would say you know that's a that's a itinerary based sailing at best, and I could see you know in your case, depending upon your cruise preferences, it didn't redeem itself with the well. I- and I would get right back on a Norwegian ship. I personally think I'd be good on one of the breakaway or breakaway plus class ships. Um, it's just I think for the first Norwegian cruise, that was probably not a first good Norwegian good Norwegian cruise to do. True, true. So, Kara, what about uh, Royal Caribbean and the celebrity experience and that whole brand? Are you most attracted to? Why do you find yourself always wanting to kind of stay loyal to those brands? Well, I hate to say it, but we've never done a carnival cruise. And the reason for that is um, we are both under the impression that those are more like party hardy type cruises and younger crowds and more kids because they're more affordable. Um, and we, we like celebrity the best mostly because there are fewer kids. And when we're on vacation, I'm sorry, but we don't want to deal with kids. And that's a big, big selling point to both of us. And the celebrity brand, both Royal Caribbean and celebrity, as far as service goes, are impeccable. And their food is amazing. And we just, we've never had a bad time on, or a complaint on either of those lines. So, and then celebrity has really stepped it up. And I would say the past three years, um, their marketing and the way they're building new ships and revolutionizing them and everything. It's probably some of the best hardware out there um, on the seas because it's, it, that's what's really impressed me about it is, you know, just like the Oasis going on that, you know, it's an Oasis class ship. It's nice. Everything is newer, but you can see its age. You can see it's starting to get old. Um, yeah. Sorry, Tom. No, no, 100%. I'm with you. And there's nothing I could, as much as I want to sell you on try, giving Carnival a try, there's nothing I can say that counters what you just said, especially you, Kara, in the beginning saying, you know, if you if you want to be not around kids, yeah, you probably shouldn't be on a Carnival cruise. Uh, I can say as far as the level of, I mean, you know, the, 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 there is a little bit of a misnomer with Carnival, and you're 100% right under the Farkas era. And that honestly is like if you've heard the show the last couple of times, it's it's what I'm trying to get back to, just like a little bit of the craziness. There's something about those wacky, shiny walls and floors just kind of makes people just want to like let their hair down a little bit more. And, you know, me being a single guy, I like to kind of like have some drinks and get Get after it, do some nightclub stuff, have some fun. Um, I will say for your direction and, and for for my wanting to last couple of carnival cruises away from the Farkas era, now they still heavily gear towards families, but they're not as wild and wacky as they used to be. Uh, wh- whatever muted, toned down, I guess, uh, you know, designs and and motifs they've used on the decor has definitely translated to, I guess, the overall mood and vibe of the ship. It's definitely not as, you know, crazy. And, and Carnival, y- you got to be at least a little curious about this Mardi Gras that, that's out there right now, right? Yeah, and my sister, my sister Hannah, she cruises as well, and they typically stick with 
stick with Carnival. And so we want to go on a cruise with them, mm -hmm. um, but they will not, they won't do any Carnival just like pricing wise. So if we're going to, if we want to cruise with them, then we're going to have to try it out. And so I think that'll be in our near future. Yeah. It, sorry. No, go ahead, Scott. So um, like today, just a perfect example I was. I saw a video on Facebook scrolling through of somebody I know. It, today is the first departure of the Carnival Legend out of Baltimore, um, and the one thing like Kara and I aren't big partiers. I mean, don't get me wrong; we'll have a drink every now and then. But the party that was going on in that atrium on the on the Legend, like that, would have been completely overwhelming for us. Like we would have just gotten lost in the crowd. Hold on, hold on, um, hold on one second, Janice. Yeah. Janice, get on get on the line and, and look into this Carnival Legend stuff out of Baltimore. Let's get book me on one of those. All right, all right, I'm back. <laughs> I love it. I can totally see you taking part in it and having the time of your life. And that's that's what you love, and that's what you're good at, and that's what you enjoy and look forward to. And that there's good for you. And then um, I, I guess that's something that we really haven't experienced on any of our cruises, except for. Scott's pizza box on his well, head day. Then we, <laughs> box, um, then we had the quest. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. I, I'm my mind is just not. I'm looking at you without clothes on and carry you running the show and kind of like changing clothes with people and and I'm and I'm trying to find out this whole non-partying thing and this whole calm uh, and and being intimidated by a fun atrium party from Carnival. Well, it's not I, adding up. I, I guess it means I don't need the alcohol to have fun. <laughs> okay. All right. I got you. Well, I do think that if you ever did find yourself, you know, you got to you got to just be creative too. You got to tell you know, tell your family members your you, that you got to like um you got to find a you certainly can't do a July or August cruise. You can't do something during the holidays. You got to find something where you know most of the kids are going to be in school, and you could do pretty well, especially on a ship that size. And especially with, I think they'll do a pretty good job of uh, separating the adults from the kids, especially with the um, what do they call it? The um, oh shoot, it's just uh, the the what what do they call it? Not the solarium. What do they call the carnival adults only retreat? Um, whatever it is. Uh, but in general. I think you know, that's that is a, a looks like it's going to be a, a nice piece of hardware. But shifting over to specifically the Oasis of the Seas, had you ever been on that ship before, guys? Uh, no, we had not. It was our first Oasis class ship, also, and that is what drew us to this cruise yeah. in particular. So when we were talking about booking this cruise, we were between the Breakaway and the Oasis, both out of the New York Metro. One going to Bermuda with three days in Bermuda, and one. Um, on the Oasis, you know the itinerary. Um, the and they were priced exactly the same. Um, because the one, the breakaway one, included like it had all their five free at sea things. Okay. Um, and when you added all the drink package and stuff onto the Royal Caribbean one, the price was within one hundred dollars of each other. Wow. Yeah. So really, what it came down to at that point, we we been to the itineraries both of them um we've been to those stops already what it came down to that made us decide on the oasis is the fact that we've never been on an oasis class ship before and we hadn't been to coco k yet okay okay so that's two big ones i've been on oasis of the seas previously and i have to tell you it's 
felt like a di- it definitely felt like a different ship. It really did feel like a different ship with the uh, Royal Amplified upgrades. It really, really felt like, uh, you know, it had the lime and the coconut. Royal Caribbean seems to have really wanted to bring some, uh, you know, tropical color to a lot of the outside decks on a lot of the uh, outside portions of the ships. They seem to be kind of continuing with that mode going forward. But, I mean, like, I was floored. Being a cruise ship nerd... Getting on a cruise ship, anytime you have that split deck design, it just really blows me away. I could just sit there and stare at it. I just love it. It's just really, I, I just imagining how you're on a ship right now and just whether you're at the boardwalk or Central Park and just looking up at those towering hotels on either side of you. Did it do anything for you guys? Were you guys impressed with it or was it kind of like, eh? Yeah, so um, Central Park was a lot of time was spent there and back by the aqua theater on the boardwalk um, simply because of the mask rule that you keep your mask off outside. Right. Um, so it was, that's where a lot of time was spent. Um, did you see the little alcoves above the doors in central park? So if, what was that deck eight that central park was on? So if you went up to deck seven, right at the elevator base, there was a door you could go through and it took you out onto a balcony that was over top of the sliding doors on central park. And yes. you could sit that to me, that, that was like a really cool spot. I don't know if you thought to put that there, but it was cool. Yeah, no, I saw it. I didn't spend much time there, but yes, that is, is a nice little place to hang out. Uh, if you if you're during the day speaking of central park we didn't spend a ton of time in central park and that's one of the biggest knocks on oasis class ships is that you're kind of the experts will tell you it's 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 not advisable to try to do the whole ship in one sailing maybe pick a couple of neighborhoods and then come back for the other neighborhoods ah listen i don't tell people how to cruise we know that but I didn't. We didn't spend a ton of time in Central Park. There was a lot of things we meant to do twice that we did, and we meant to do twice that we just didn't get to. Like, you know, Central Park, we loved. We had one day we spent at that, um, you know, outdoor uh, Central Park bar, whatever that neighborhood bar outside, and we mm-hmm. had a great time. We met some cool people, had some really elongated conversations with people, and we meant to go back. We just never did. Uh, and then the other thing at Central, the Park Cafe. Did, did you guys have those sandwiches? Yeah, so yes. We, we had them on the first day, and then there's so many food options, we forgot to go back. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand why they're so good. It was almost like the tripleta in San Juan. I remember them being good, but I also remember, like, inflate. I'm saying in my mind, I'm like, I definitely juiced them up too much. They can't be that good. And we, we we devoured them. We had we had basically we had two each. We was just split in halves of different types of toppings and sauces. I don't know what it is. The seed and the bread. It seems it just it's the most simple sandwich in the work in the world, and it just seems to work. It's delicious. No, it's like unexplainable. But I, I, I we got it on the first day, and I was like, this is going to be a good cruise. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then the similar situation at the doghouse. Not quite as good, but I had one of those. Uh, I think it, I think I had the Sicilian dog, and it was like the perfect hot dog. It was like the snap was there, the flavor was there. Like that doghouse is good too. Man, I was just. Was- I don't know if you've ever had like a weird hot dog on a cruise. Like it, those were American style hot dogs. Yeah, I've had cruises that were kind of like bizarre. Didn't taste like a you know ballpark 
be frank to me. But then that's what I was worried about. But I got, I think I got one of those on the first day as well. And I was like, we'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So just go right to some highlights. What were like some of the, the real things that you really, really enjoyed most? I knew, and I know we were all sailing. You were battling some weather going out and some delays going out. We were all battling some limited capacity and obviously some limited access with the masks. To me, really didn't make a difference, but I could understand how to some people it would. Um, but just as as a as a broad general kind of thing, what what were some of the main positive takeaways that you really really enjoyed on Oasis of the Seas? Well, um, did you have any of the delay going out, or did you leave on time? We left. I think every. I think. All of the cruises were like between like a half hour to an hour and a half late. So I think we left. When we left, there was like this. I mean, everybody freaked out because this huge vertical rainbow just blew up right over the city. And everybody was rushing to the deck. So I don't really know what time exactly it was. But I don't think we sailed away at the time that they thought. It was probably at least a half hour, hour after. Not, Not You guys were way delayed. Yeah, we were, we were, it was like eight o'clock when we left. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let Kara cover her highlights first. Disclaimer on this, though, we had a little bit of a rough week, and I'll let Kara tell you why. Um, so it was like the, the second day. I, I think it was the second day. It was either Monday or Tuesday when I, um, I got sick and I completely lost the ability to taste and smell. Now, before anybody freaks out, yes, I had COVID tests done. I had four of them done. They were all negative. Um, it was just a really horrible, like, sinus infection, cold type thing. And um, I just was not able to taste or smell the rest of the cruise. So, like, I got two days to enjoy the food. And everybody knows, if you're like me, that you go on a cruise for the food. So... Um, those two days were magnificent. Like we said, uh, those sandwiches were great, but, um, I couldn't taste the meal at Coco Cay and we did the beach club. And so it was that beautiful lobster, those amazing appetizers. Yes. It was, it, it was beautiful. Um, I just wasn't able to enjoy it, but I will say that that was the highlight of my trip was going to Coco Cay because it was gorgeous. Um, I think for the price of the beach club and the meal that you get, that is phenomenal. Um, you're not going to get that at any restaurant, you know, anywhere else. So I thought that was great and that they have that pool option as well as the beach opposite option. Um, I will say where we were on the beach, the walking into the water was a little rough on your feet. Oh yeah. Um, but other than that, that day was fantastic. Um, I was just so beat from being sick and just like my body was worn out that we were only um, at the beach for maybe four hours total. Um, and then I said, you know, I can't, I just can't do it anymore. We got to go back. But I would love to go back there and get the actual full experience because that, that was the highlight of my trip for sure. I, I got to rewind it a second, though. So, I mean, that is I, – I had no idea, and I totally understand. It's not necessarily something you just want to start bragging about and, 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 and raving about as highlights. But so you, two days in, you start getting sick and you start feeling symptoms. I guess two questions. First of all, you, A, I'm, I'm assuming it's not even a question. You had to have – we had to all have been thinking the same thing when that happened. And then yep. B – 
What did? You, how did you handle it? So what we did when we really started to realize it was a problem, we were in Orlando and we were doing an airboat ride, and then we gave, came back to the ship and we were we were the last ones back on the ship. And I had said to her, I was like, "All right, if we get time before we get back on the ship, I'll take an Uber to a Rite Aid real quick or something, and I'll grab a test there." What we were going to do is if she tested positive, then we would just take ourselves off the ship. And then we also found this hole in the wall pharmacy that was hilarious. They're selling pizza in the front. They're selling drugs in the back. And <laughs> I, I went in there and we bought for an ex- outrageously expensive price. We bought Mucinex, Benadryl. Um, I bought like 10 packs of Mentos, you know, like the little white mint things. Sure. Those were the only things that were like helping my throat. And so I went through those like candy, which I mean, they are candy, but uh, we bought so much medicine and I was just drugged up the entire time. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so pretty much when we weren't off the ship, we were in our room, I would say six hours of the day of the daylight hours um, because she just needed to sleep so much. So we went only went out for dinner um, and we went to the comedy shows um, and that's it. I mean, we what else did we do on the ship? Did we really do anything? Um, well, we did the escape room. Oh, yeah, the escape really room. neat. Um, that was a cool experience. Did you do that? I didn't do the escape room. I um, I, I I'm a little bit of, against the escape rooms as a, as a as a whole. I just is you know, it a thing? It's a it, you know what it is. Uh you know it's like I don't. Yeah, I, I I could get claustrophobic. I'm not necessarily known to be claustrophobic, but I would feel a little bit maybe like um confined, and I don't need to feel confined. And stupid at the same time. So, <laughs> so that's kind of like why I, I tend to stay away from them. They don't excite me. It's almost like magic. You know, like magic tricks. Are you guys fans of magic? No. Scott is. I'm yeah. not. No, I'm a fan. I, can, I just like watching it so I can tell Kara how they do everything because it's obvious. Okay. So you're good. You can see. You can search it out so that's like my same thing like i i know you're showing me something that's fake i know it's not real but i can't figure it out so i'm not impressed with you i'm just pissed off at myself is what it basically (laughs) is yeah okay okay yeah but so all right so 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 then what else did you so carrie you couldn't taste that much scott what else for you like what did you eat that uh did you try the port side barbecue yeah so we did port side barbecue oh yeah Uh, of course you did we know that already yes we met our buddy (laughs) yeah Um, you know, it was sort of the the roughest thing about Caribbean sick is we had paid for the specialty dining package. So here we got all this specialty dining set up and we're going to all these restaurants and she can't take that. So so I'll start with portside barbecue. So we went in there. Um, I think it was like mid afternoon, like maybe early dinner. Um, and the place was empty, like so empty that the people who were working it were sitting out in the dining room watching the guy play guitar, and they were all joking around. So we go in there, we order our food, we sit down, and we just start having a conversation with the guy playing the guitar, and you know what, I asked him to sing Shania. <laughs> yes. Uh, which, like you said, he was actually pretty darn good at it. He was. 
Um, and it wasn't like a girly thing either. He made it into like a manly edition. Did he have um, his pocket there with him? No, no, his pocket was not with him. You had told me he had a he had a pocket. He was pocket free. He was single and ready to mingle on this one. He he definitely had. What is a pocket? <laughs> Wait, what? I thought you were talking like maybe like a pocket book out front for money, but wait, what's a pocket? Uh, a pocket, uh, Kara, welcome to the show. This is the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Thanks for joining. Um, <clears throat> this is, a, a pocket is like, a, a pocket has an evolution of terms. It's basically like, well, let's just cut to the chase. It's a female who he was partaking in pleasure with. Like one that was just on that week of cruising. I think that's what was going on with this girl. That was, remember we saw him? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All think, right. Wait, the weird thing is, it's Kara and I sitting there eating. This girl walks in, sits two tables away from us, right in front of him, and it turns into this like love fest of him was, singing directly to her. And then he like he was like, "I'm gonna take a break," and they like walked out like arm oh, okay. and arm. Like, okay, take your time, buddy. Come back when you're ready. <laughs> All right, yeah. So he was he was putting his time. He was he was doing what he had to do. I get it. I respect it. But you know, I I thought of him. He was like he was. First of all, he was very talented. I will say that. But uh, he was very. Um, he was a little cheesy. He was funny because he was he was he sang. I remember to sing an original song, and all I could think from him is like the music he had. He had all this, uh, you know, this new age. He had Florida Georgia Line. He had Thomas Rhett. He had all this new age kind of like pop, ultra pop radio. Hunter Hayes, all that stuff. And I was asking him for some of the old stuff like Dust in a Bottle, Little Waylon Jennings. He had none of it. He didn't know. He 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 really probably had a couple, but he couldn't do it on request he he knew the ones he knew and that was it and then on the last day he's like if you guys don't mind i'm gonna sing an original if you don't mind and and, and he are right, sing an original and the whole song was about fake cowboys like though you can't wear cowboy boots if you never rode a horse and it, and i'm like dude oh. you can't even play a waylon jennings song bro like what's going on here do you yeah. even know who waylon jennings is like no if you're gonna say that you play country it can't just be 2010 forward it has right. to be 80 yeah. and before. So, same thing, Tommy. I started asking him about a couple songs, and he, one of them, I can't remember what it was, but one of them, I just remember him looking at me like, what is that? Yeah. Well, I remember he asked, you know, do you know any Luke Combs? Oh, yeah. And he I asked, said, no. Who? <laughs> so, so here, Tommy. Luke Combs, six feet apart. You ever heard it? Yep. He had no idea what it was. Yeah, yeah. So, he was one of those kind of like, uh, you know, wind up and very, very, very talented musician, and maybe gears towards country. Clearly, wrote a country song, but just because by the he was trying to like catch up on that whole bandwagon thing. Him and his friend co-wrote this song, and it was about making fun of people who aren't really country because that's like a trendy thing that people are doing. But meanwhile, he walked into his own stereotype. But uh, listen, he was good. He was good. He was a talented guy, as you as you guys. So he could sing, he could play the guitar, and he definitely kept it going. Mm-hmm. So, uh. I would say, so after Portside Barbecue, um, my second favorite for the restaurants, it's between, oh gosh, I got to make a decision here. All right, I'm going to rank it this way. Between 150 Central Park um, and Chops, those were were the top two right there. And I 
actually going to say that number three was probably the Solaria Bistro. Okay. All right. We got kicked out of there. <laughs> you did? Yeah, we were. We were. Believe it or not, we were, they wouldn't. Let, we were drinking all day at Coco K. I think we were just having a great time, and we were boxed up and we were roaming around the ship trying to find something to eat thinking you know that's normally when you just go to the jammer but uh obviously we know the jammer wasn't open and they directed us to the solarium this is where the buffet is tonight and uh we were would have been dressed for the jammer but not so much for the solarium so we we were sent on our way you know we were just like you know you guys are because we were in like tank tops and we had towels still bathing suits they're like you you're not welcome here and then we go ahead we we showed up to Solario Bistro on the first night while we were still in Bayonne at 8 o'clock, getting ready to pull out. We were both wearing athletic shorts and a T-shirt. At the Solarium Bistro? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe we just weren't walking straight. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But, um, but, you know what? I- but we got accepted. We got accepted into Giovanni's. <laughs> wow. So they let you in Giovanni's, but not... <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it, it might have been something to do maybe they were closing wrapping it up i don't know but the, G- the giovanni's meal was phenomenal it was really good we got the porchetto we got i got bolognese we got i mean it was delicious we really 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 enjoyed it i mean i can't i can't i can't say enough like again i said it's in like lower thirds of overall cruises but that does that says nothing about takes nothing about how much I love this cruise. It's what you can expect coming off a pandemic. It's exactly what I needed. It was such a great time. You know what I mean? This was your first post-pandemic cruise, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's one thing I'll say, too. Uh, Royal Caribbean never typically blows you away. And this guy must say blow us away, but this was definitely by far the best cruise director that I've had on a Royal Caribbean ship. Yeah, we've had Dennis. Yeah, Dennis. So, I, I got a couple things about Dennis. Dennis is great. Okay, we've been on Dennis on the Anthem out of New York. He's he is Royal Caribbean's best cruise director. Knew it. He has the most energy of Royal Caribbean. Here's the problem. Okay, if you go on another cruise with him, everything's going to be the same. Every same joke, every little thing that he says is the same time, same thing every week. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that makes he's sense. Got, he's got zero new material. Well, if you're doing it every single week, I feel like you just kind of stick to your script. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Like, yeah, the I, guy, the guy could sing too. Remember when he sang the Star Spangled Banner? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he can. I I I would almost bet that if you would have written down where he was on Saturday at 9 p.m. and then written down where he was on Saturday at 9 p.m., not at, like, a theater show or something, that's where he would have been. Very, like, very likely. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he, he's a good guy and everything. Um, he, he, I really like that. Excuse me. More than um, any other cruise I've been on, I saw him, like, mingling with the guests. Totally. And but that was really neat that he was just like every single night I saw him out with the guests asking how their time was going. What did they enjoy? What were they loving? I thought that was, oh my goodness, excuse me. I thought that was really good. Yeah, definitely. Would you guys, I know you guys didn't spend a lot of time inside, but um, the, I couldn't help but notice the, on all of the Oasis class ships, you just don't get the same vibe and same energy from the English pub that you do on the, uh, freedom class ships and down you know it seems to be a little bit more 
uh, almost f- more of a piano bar feel in the in the English pub. Yeah. So on our cruise, Globe and Atlas and Schooner Bar were dead. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, we had they, we had people on the Schooner Bar was a hit on our cruise, but again, that guy seemed to, that guy I wasn't impressed with at all. Anytime I walked by him, he was doing a broke ass version of whatever song he was playing. I was not, and I and I'm not overly critical of these guys. You know, if you have a little, if you could play like our guy on um, Adventure, he was good. Most of them, if they can get through the song and sound pretty good, you know, they, I, I like him. But this guy really, he was doing basically his own version. Of every single song he played, like he played the the Elvis song called it, "We're Caught in a Trap," but he just was doing some different weirdo version of it, and uh, it didn't land with me. I just when I was walking by that him ever, I I I pretty much kept walking. Yeah, I mean the scooter bar on our cruise turned into the spot where people that were working while they were on the cruise would go to make their phone calls and do work on their laptop. Yeah, well during the day that makes sense. Well, it was even at night. I don't think did they have a pianist there? I don't think they had a piano guy. Yes, they definitely did. The, the only piano guy I ever saw on the ship was the the mobile piano guy. Really? Yeah. That had to be by mistake. That would be historic. They have a schooner bar and no piano. That's the that's the ship's piano bar. And as much as you'll see the jazz band in the jazz lounge or the guitar guy in the uh, Globe and Atlas. You, there's, it, he had to have been. It just must have been something you kind of walked by or didn't notice. Yeah, you, I mean, maybe you know, you know how they're doing these entertainer contracts now, right? With COVID, have you heard? No, no. So all entertainer contracts, they stay on the ship. There's no getting off the ship for them. So the entertainers will get on, like the comedians and the bands and the outside anything outside that isn't a Royal Caribbean production show. Um, they get on for three or four weeks and then they get off and they do like, and they like, that's how they're, cause they're not allowed to do the whole thing where they come just for the night where they're like, so say they're in Orlando, they're doing a show on the ship that night and then they get off in Nassau. Right. They're not, they're doing that. Right. They're on the sailing. Yeah. Okay. So I was, the thing that went through my mind when I didn't see anybody at Schooner was maybe that, um, they for, did, forgot to line up the weeks that somebody was supposed to be on. Um, and yeah, that's I guess the only it's thing. possible. I get, I guess it's possible. I was just overwhelmed though. Like that was my biggest, my biggest takeaway getting off that ship was just kudos to Royal Caribbean for spending the money on the entertainment that they did. Like they did not cross utilize. They did not double use anyone. Did you guys have the Beatles? Uh, no, because there was the Beatles cover band. They did two nights. These guys were good just in the uh, music hall. And they had a Beatles Beatles cover band two nights and an <sighs> 80s cover band another two nights. I just couldn't believe it. You had a woman playing in Central Park every night with just, you know, modern songs played in a classic guitar feel. You had the jazz band downstairs. You had the uh, Globe and Atlas guy. You had the piano guy who was the stowaway who couldn't go on the elevators anymore, I guess. He's got to go right outside the elevators. You had, I mean, it was just entertainer after entertainer. And you have the Broadway, you know, Cats production people. The com- I couldn't believe how, you know, they would be so justified to be able to just, you know, cross-utilize and cut the entertainment staff in half but they didn't yep. do it. They don't do it. They still spend that money. I was very surprised to see how 
well staffed everything still was with the lower capacity. It was like not just entertainment. You go to Sorrento's and there's still five people there handing out pizza. You know, and there, there's four people in line, five people handing out pizza. It's still like they have the regular crew load. It seems like you're absolutely um, right, man. You're absolutely right. Um, what else? What else was your? So I know you loved the. Uh, you, you loved Coco K, even though you didn't necessarily get a chance to kind of enjoy it like you wanted to with the with the beach club and like you know next time you'll go back you'll enjoy all that food. Uh, you, what did you do in uh, Orlando besides run around look for the test? Did you do anything? So we we were looking for the test in Nassau actually. Oh right right, but you said you were thinking about maybe getting one in Orlando. Yeah or, or Port Canaveral. You know we got on it when we got we had uh, what was it a wildlife excursion with an airboat ride that we did um and that freaking place was an hour and a half away from the port and <laughs> we didn't realize that when we booked it so like we got on the bus and they said all right guys i, I hope you know that this is you know an hour <laughs> five minutes and i looked at scott and i go what did you get me into because we had done an airboat tour you know wildlife thing before so his yeah. hour and 45 minutes there and the the driver had the AC cranked to like fifty five degrees. And you're sick. <laughs> and, well, and I'm sick, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I put the backpack on me and tucked myself in. So that's important because when we went on the airboat airboat ride, we got stuck in a storm. So we were completely drenched when we got back on the fifty five degree bus. So I'm sitting there shivering, and even Scott, who like is never cold, was freezing. Wow! And most miserable yeah. hour and a half back to this ship. Oh my gosh! So yeah, I mean, it was crazy. We got out there. We're all the way across this big lake, and we just get caught in this downpour. So the guy driving the airboat just starts to like gun it across the lake. It was so bad that we all had to like go. You know. Get, you, you ever heard of on a plane where they tell you to take the brace position? Yeah, you got to go like like for yeah. getting ready for impact. Yeah, we had to go with our heads down and the rain. Well, I'm bald, so this doesn't help. But <laughs> the the rain hitting my head hurt. Oh, yeah, and so it was. It was. Ex- <laughs> hey, yeah, I, like I said, I mean, we made it back. It was an experience, and it was it was different. So. We were we were. Uh, Last people back, last group, last group of people back on the ship, though. Yeah, well, that's um, you know that you know that makes me proud. Well, <laughs> we didn't run though. Okay. Well, it, <laughs> you can't really do a real peer run in Orlando. <laughs> I mean, can you? Can you though? I mean, you can. Uh, okay. Well, I'll tell you, I tried to video it, and they told me to put it down. <laughs> okay. All right. Because you're in that, because uh, you go through the terminal. Yes. There, they don't want you filming. Yeah, no, to- totally. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're like, right. Yeah, that's an embarkation port, so you're getting right on right to the actual, I guess, elongated gangway. So you're like uh, not necessarily on the pier. That makes sense. Yeah, it, that would be pretty would, funny though. If you would have got a video of yourself running through the actual terminal, you would have got some points for that. That would have been hysterical. I, I, I got part of it. I got part of it up until it's on Facebook somewhere. 
Okay, I'm gonna hunt it down. What um, I don't want. I know it's getting late for you. I don't want to keep you guys all night. What do you think is next for you guys? Where are we going next? What's the next suit? And yes, I gotta put put you on the spot and find out and get a confirmation that you're coming on part uh, Pirates and Pier Runners too. Yeah, so we'll cover all that real quick here. So we have Celebrity Silhouette um, booked on January 14th out of Fort Lauderdale. That is going to Barbados. Uh, Granada, right? No, it's not going to Granada. Uh, oh gosh, why Saint am I? Saint Barbados, Saint Lucia, um, Saint Kitts. Wait, hold and, on. When, when is this one? Uh, January fourteenth. All right, I'm going to look into that sailing. What? Pulled up on their email. Um, that's a uh, that's a bug. I, I gotta get I gotta get to that corner. I haven't been to that corner yet. Yeah, let me see if I can find it here. Saint Martin, Saint Lucia. Barbados, Antigua, St. Kitts. Yeah, you might have some company on that one. I'm going to take a look. It's a 10-nighter, and they keep dropping the price. We've, we have we started out at, like, I'll tell everybody, I don't care. Um, we started out at, like, $5,500, and now our all-in, we just did final payment yesterday, was 3100 Holy crap. Yeah, on a 10-nighter. With drinks, with Wi-Fi, with tips. Balcony, big balcony room. B- yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> It'll be good company for you. We're going with um, Scott's brother and his parents, and um, they can get down. Okay. Yeah, they, they- they're they're more party hardy than we are. We are we're the old couple. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and and you know what. It, Anybody, anybody who's listening right now, celebrity is dropping all their prices on everything. Uh, I think they're starting. Celebrity has stayed at like 30, 40% capacity. I think they're finally starting to bring it up a little. So they're taking all their cruises that they had booked out high uh, or so booked out already. They had them priced high because there was limited inventory left. Um, now they're opening up more rooms and the prices are just dropping on them. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, but, and then that goes to uh, Pirates and Pier Runners, too. What did you got that October next year? October 15th, eight nights, Allure of the Seas. And All right. uh, you, you, me- you guys should look into that. If you, I, I, I listened, I said it on the last podcast that boardwalk facing balcony as aft as possible almost becomes an ocean view especially on the allure which hasn't had the upgrades so you get an unobstructed view of your you know your your baltimore ravens games and your uh the beautiful ocean behind it i'll tell you what i told scott when i started back to school he said we are not going on any cruises during the semester i can't do that i'm not taking off i'm not you know doing work on a cruise but I will make an addendum just for Pirates and Pier Runners 2 because I'm not going to snooze and loose. So you are going to have the two of us, hopefully some pizza boxes, hopefully some dancing, hopefully some rock. Yeah! Okay. Wow. And, this is, this, this and, made, this, you just made my night. And I can tell you in return, we will, if you want to bring the schoolwork on, we'll make sure that everybody with us, we take turns asking test asking you questions during the day if you want us to we can meet in the schooner bar we can give you 10 questions we can quiz you on things we'll keep the we'll keep the knowledge coming it'll be my flashcards it'll be like 
when you take ten shots of rum and add three shots of <laughs> what do you get? You get shit faced. <laughs> the, um, but Tommy, I'm gonna one up you here, okay? Okay. I've been, I've been looking at it a little bit. Um, I'm halfway tempted on the Crown Loft Suite. Really? It's twenty two. Well, last I looked, it was twenty two forty four a person. All right. Well, start thinking about that furniture configuration you want to move around when we get there because uh, <laughs> we're doing the Billy Joel and and, and Bruce Springsteen party. <laughs> I thought it was, uh, what is that, Elvis? No, it was Elvis last time. No, it was Bruce and Billy. It was supposed to be, but then when I guess, yeah, we opened it up to everybody. People, we were taking requests. It was fine. It got really awkward. Then you were like, Can we, should we just do this in our room? Let's go upstairs. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. Yeah, we're trying to have a. Uh, Tom, Tommy's wearing white pants and a yellow shirt. We're have, trying to have a party on a jogging track with a transistor radio. It's this isn't working. Let's. Go. Yeah, we're like, let's just take this to our massive balcony. Yeah, yeah, it worked. That's really that's really really exciting. I'm so pumped. That was great news, and and, and uh, I'm I'm glad you guys had a as good a time as you could have on the Oasis. And I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Thanks, Tommy. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, guys. See you, guys. And that's about it. A big, big thank you to Scott and Kara. Glad you guys could join us. Had a lot of fun today. You know what I mean? These episodes, they seem to be getting a little bit more regular. I don't know what's going on, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens from there. We got a lot of news coming up, a lot of things to cover, and uh, you'll see us when we do the next one, which is going to be sooner than you think. Thank you guys so much for listening. Boat Drinks Cones. There's a place. Where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away. I love your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves you Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just sleep there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away 
to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from.